1: Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Podmania podcast. I am your host, Rob Goodwin. I am joined once again by Garth Jackson. How are you, my friend? Good, good. Yeah, it's another good week of wrestling. Fantastic week of wrestling. I am feeling extremely excited about this week because we have two absolutely fantastic main events. I have just come home after winning a pub quiz, so all is good in the world. Unfortunately, no wrestling questions. But there was a lot of sport, so there we are. Um, but yeah, we'll be reviewing Ring of Honour 359, again from Fairfax, Virginia. And we'll be looking at Impact Wrestling from the 2nd of August. All in all, golf, what did you think of these shows?
0: Really good. Um, I thought Ring of Honour was... I, th- I think actually both of them were probably better than last week. Um, definitely Ring of Honour, that main event was unbelievable.
1: Yeah, Ring of Honor seemed to flow a lot more um, than it did last week. I think Impact, we talked last week about how they seemed to forget that they'd got a load of backstage segments they needed to Mm -hmm. plug, and they seemed to jam them all at the end before the main event. And obviously that wasn't an issue this time, which is fantastic. Um, But yeah, I thought Impact was definitely a more cohesive show. I thought Ring of Honor was fantastic. I thought it was a really good show, that main event. I gush to you earlier today about how good that main event was, and we'll talk about it shortly because we'll start with um, Ring of Honor. Um, the only thing I wanted to talk to you very, very briefly about was, and we talked about this before we came on air, about how the opening match between Chris Sabin and Silas Young, it was originally scheduled to be a triple threat, including Austin Aries, to the point where he was actually on the poster for that episode, yet didn't show up. Mm. Does that bother you, or...? not um, really not really I mean he's he's got enough championships as it is anyway <laughs> that is true that is true um, for me I was just he showed up last week to do commentary on the main event mm-hmm. uh, on the six six man tag match um, and we both said well is there really a need for him to show up really mm-hmm. because you know he's not in the championship pitch obviously Jay Lethal just picked up the championship Um maybe he's going for a different championship. And then he just wasn't on the show, which yeah. seems quite I strange. If,
0: um, I wonder if they just couldn't get him for that taping.
1: Maybe, maybe, especially if it coincides with an impact taping. Mm. Um, but like I said, I don't think it really impacted the show at all. We'll go. We'll get straight into it. Uh, Ring of Honor episode 359, again from Fairfax, Virginia. And we kicked straight in to our opening match there was no messing about this week with Ring of Honor there was not one backstage segment there was not one wrestler backstage giving an interview it was literally match 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 and I think the show because they gave the matches time to breathe they gave the matches time for everyone in the crowd to become invested in the matches even if they weren't so at the start and I'll talk about that a bit later Um, I just I really enjoyed this show really enjoyed it Um, so we started off with a Ring of Honour Television Championship number one contendership match. And we started with Silas Young, uh, the last real man of professional <laughs> wrestling, taking on Chris Sabin, who was accompanied to the ring by Alex Shelley, who then went on to commentary with Ian and Colt. Um, great match. Really, yeah. really good match. Um, overall... I think this was probably my second favourite match of the night. I thought that Silas Young and Chris Saban complemented each other very well. Um, and I thought <clears throat> that Chris Saban looked just absolutely fantastic. I really yeah. did. Um, massively over with the crowd as well. Massively definitely,
0: Um They're definitely sort of... The match like you said before, like sort of really... A good flow to it. There wasn't really any... Um, there wasn't really any sort of... One man on top for any period of time. They're just both getting their moves in, both doing the counters. Um, just really good sort of showcases, really.
1: Yeah, really good. My favourite bit of this match, genuinely, was... Um, probably about five minutes in, where... Obviously, the pair of their finishers, misery for Silas Young and cradle shock for mm-hmm. uh, Chris sabin requires a fireman's carry. And they constantly reversed each other's fireman's yeah. carry into their own fireman's carry. And I just thought it flowed really, really well. Um, the styles, as I've already said before, I thought it was um, quite a cohesive match because you've got Chris Saban, who's quite a high flyer. Um, the commentary team did a fantastic job of really building Chris Sabin as this fantastic junior talks about his time in the Best of the Super mm. Juniors, his defeats of Kashida, El Desperado, people like that. So big names in New Japan. Um, I and think
0: ha- I think that's where um, Shelley being there really
1: helped. Yes, because he was bigging him up as yes. a singles competitor. And Cole Cabana actually said that you know you know him, Alex, more than anyone else you know, what can you tell us about this? And Alex Shelley, like, there was one point where Chris Sabin got to the top rope and you heard Alex Shelley say, oh, he's got the world's best missile dropkick just before he hit it. And yeah. just that sort of insight really added something to the match. Um, obviously, knowing what we know now, we know that Alex Shelley has unfortunately retired from professional wrestling. Um, on the taping, they just mentioned his injury, uh, saying he got nerve damage and concussion. Um, and Alex Shelley sort of Almost laughed it off, didn't he? he almost said yeah. like, "Well, I'm I'm fine now, you know. I can talk, which is good. You know, <laughs> it was a bit of a kick in the teeth, lol." Yeah. <laughs> which you know, he was he was sort of making a joke about the entire thing. It's just it's sad that obviously it's taped, and obviously we know looking back at it what has happened. Yeah, but the match carried on. Um, there was really really good reversals from both uh, from both men. I thought Silas Young. Despite his size and Colt Cabana saying, you know, he's 20 pounds heavier than uh, Chris Saban, there was a lovely moment where he got into the uh, got into the corner and stood on his head <laughs> on the top rope yeah. before flipping, hitting the top rope with his legs and attempting some called some sort of almost moonsault finisher. And Chris Saban got out of the way and uh, Silas Young landed on his feet. But it, it was like, holy shit, yeah. a man Just of 20. that size should not be yeah. able to do that. I really liked him actually. He was
0: quite, I don't know. He had a real sort of old school look and feel to him as well. Well,
1: I think, I think that's where his of, gimmick comes from. That sort of yeah, last like, man of professional wrestling, it's like a sort of Magnum T A. Jake Roberts type. I can see Jake Roberts in him absolutely, yeah. but that's what I mean. Like he got this old school wrestling feel, and then pulling something like that out of the bag was just a case of bloody hell. Yeah. That's quite impressive. Um, he then followed this up a bit later with an anarchist suplex which i thought was That's absolutely class. gorgeous yeah. really really good and chris Sabin, for me dominated large portions of this match there was a lovely springboard tornado ddt which looked amazing to mm-hmm. which um i think it was alex shelley just went gorgeous yeah, that was it just he, one word
0: gorgeous yeah best in the world at doing that yeah He's, which i mean that, absolutely that is, is. One of his
1: sort of signatures yeah yeah, absolutely is. Everything that Christopher Saban and to his credit, Silas Young did in this match was crisp. It was just a really, really good match. Yeah. Um I spoke to you again before we came on air and said that um Silas Young's obviously held the television championship twice before and quite recently as well. Um so I did think in my head, do you know what? This is Chris Saban's to win here. Yeah. And obviously, Chris I think was set, setting that up anyway. Yeah, yeah. And I think with Alex Shelley, unfortunately, announcing his retirement, obviously they didn't know that at the time, as I've said before. But I think it was possibly in the offing. Um, it it made sense to sort of build Chris Saban as a singles competitor, obviously, because the Motor City Machine Guns are no longer. Yeah. Um, so Chris Saban won um, with a um, what's it called? Cradle Shock. Cradle Shark. Um one with the Cradle Shark. Pin Young and yeah, for the victory, a much deserved victory. Punishment Martinez came to the top of the ramp, sort of held the belt up. Very interesting commentary from Colt Cabana who said, um It'll be Chris Saban to take on whoever holds the Ring of Honor TV championship. Yeah. Depending on when he decides to cash it in. Mm-hmm. Now I assume that's just a the wrong turn of phrase, because surely if Chris Saban is the number one contender, Punishment Martinez will only lose it to Chris Sabin. Yeah. So I'm not entirely sure. Obviously, um, we've got another couple of weeks before the next Ring of Honor pay per view, which I believe is Death Before Dishonor. I think, <laughs> um, but I assume that is where we'll see Punishment Martinez versus Chris Saban yeah. I think. Personally that we will see Chris Saban with that title. Do you think? Um I mean, how many title defenses Punish Martinez had? I believe he's had two. Mm-hmm. Um so well potentially with you know everything that's happened to Alex Shelley, I think it will be um Ale- um Christopher Sabin's to win. Yeah, personally, that's I that's mean, just me.
0: You can see, I can see it happening. Um, it because it keeps him hot as well. Because obviously the the motorcycle machine guns are sort of really well known with Shelley retiring, people might think, "Oh, is that it for sort of Chris Saban as well?" Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Give him the title, and it keeps him sort of hot, and it keeps him at the top end of the card.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Death Before Dishonor is September twenty eighth. So there's still potentially a lot that can happen, um, but I am to assume that Punish Martinez will hold that till at least September the 28th, and that'll be where yeah. we get Saban versus Punishment. That is mm. why I'm assuming it's going to happen. Uh, this led us straight into our second match. As I said before, there was no breaks for anything backstage or anything you know, anything else like that. Um, so we've got Marty Skull, the villain, who got an almighty pop, a ridiculous pop from uh, the Fairfax faithful, um, taking on the superhero Hurricane Helms, who came out with the superhero championship, (laughs) which actually is a decent-looking title, if we're going to be honest with ourselves. I Uh, like
0: that. I liked all the the intro, and I liked this music and everything. It was quite sort
1: of, well, like a heroic sort of movie theme. Yes. He lives his gimmick, I think is fair to say. Um, the only problem is with a gimmick like that is you are building yourself a ceiling because there's no way Hurricane Helms is going to be challenging for the Ring of Honor Championship. No. Nah. Um, I can't believe it's actually still a thing, the Hurricane. No. And to be perfectly honest, I, can't, I still can't believe that Hurricane Helms is still wrestling. They did a tale of the tape before this match and Hurricane Helms made his professional wrestling debut in 1991.
0: He's uh, the same age as
1: Jericho. Yeah, he is. Cause he's good mate of them. <laughs> Nineteen ninety-one, which means that the man has been wrestling for twenty-seven years. Yeah. He still, still looked all right. Still looked all right. The match was a good pace. I think it helped that he wasn't wrestling with someone of a ridiculously quick pace or someone yeah. who was ridiculously, in air quotations, flippy. Um. But yeah, I absolutely really, really enjoyed this match. Yeah, I think this was probably match. my second favorite. See, for me, this was based very much on character, mm-hmm. and that's where Marty Girl flourishes because he he's so charismatic yeah. that anything he does is just perfect. Um, and Hurricane Helms, obviously, his entire gimmick is character based. You know, it doesn't matter what he does in the ring. Yeah, um, you know, he's going to. He's gonna get across because of his character. So, to that extent, it was a really good match. It wasn't my second favorite, wasn't my favourite match. It was a good match, it was a serviceable match for me. I just thought
0: the, the in ring story was really well done. The in ring um, story
1: was really well done, yeah.
0: I liked even at the beginning where Skull refused to shake his hand. Um that, that whole again, well, it, it works because you've got the hero
1: and the villain. It's sort of like a ready-made feud. Skrull couldn't quite seem to understand whether he was the heel or the face in this. <laughs> I think
0: the I think the crowd helped him with that one.
1: Yeah, um, because no matter what he did, whether it be spitting, which is what he did, mm. uh, refusing to shake hands with Orican Helms, which he did at the start, throwing his shirt at him, the crowd would not boo him. They would not boo him. And don't forget, mm-hmm. of course, the call... For Marty Skill's finisher, the crossface chicken wing, is him jumping around the ring like an idiot, getting the crowd yeah. pumped for them to say, you know, to all shout as one chicken wing. Yeah. So it's not exactly the most heel of finishers, no. is what I'm saying. Um in this match though, they built Marty Skull incredibly strong. If yeah. you look at what Marty Skull kicked out of in this match, he kicked out of an Eye of the Hurricane, he I kicked think- kicked out of a top rope neck breaker. You know, he kicked out of absolutely everything that Hurricane House Mo- kicked at him. Something
0: called the Mortifier.
1: Yeah, the Mortifier was called Incredible. <laughs> you know, he kicked out of absolutely everything. Um, they also mentioned, um, they kept referencing his
0: change in his gear. How they said it was like mirroring and the Hurricane sort of outfit, and that he was the sort of villain to the Hurricane.
1: Yeah, they did. With... The- Obviously, which with the green I thought it was trim. Really,
0: like Yeah, like a really good sort of... Really like subtle, but nice change where they had the face paint and everything like that.
1: Yeah, and I think we should talk a moment about uh, Martin girl's entrance attire, which looked absolutely on point. That jacket yeah. looked incredible with yeah. the studs and everything. Looked brilliant. It just looked like a comic book villain, like a like a super villain. Yeah, it did. It looked like something out of a comic book come to life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And... You know, everything from Marty Scurll stealing Hurricane Helms' taunts <laughs> um, to spitting at him. Everything was just very much hero versus villain. He did the eye poke as well. <laughs> he did the eye poke, yeah. At one point, he even tried to take the mask off Hurricane Helms. It's just a shame. And I couldn't understand why they did it. It's just a shame about the way the match ended.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, nice. Because after Marty Skirl is kicked out of all this sort of offence, you know, he attempts to get the chicken wing in, doesn't quite get it. But, you know, he's kicked out of an eye of the hurricane. He's kicked out of a mortifier. He's kicked out of a top rope neck breaker. Yet, you know, there's a ref bump. He punts Hurricane Helms in the bollocks, rolls him up for the victory, and that's the end of the match. It just seemed a very... And I understand why they've done it, as I've already said. You know, he is a villain, he's a bad guy, he'll cheat to win. I just feel like it was a very anticlimactic finisher to what was building to be a very good match, and that is yeah. the main reason it wasn't my favorite match of the night.
0: Yeah, he should definitely have ended it on. It's one of his sort of signatures or his finisher. I mean, he did the whole finger snap.
1: Yes, um, he did, and obviously he worked the broken fingers, which yeah. you know was a storyline which I liked. Well, that was good. I mean, Helms was selling that all throughout the match. Yeah, um, he was. He had him taped up as well, so it was obvious yeah. for the crowd. Um but yeah, I like, just...
0: yeah, I mean the ending was a bit of sort of a letdown. Yeah.
1: But that is that's nitpicking. That's nitpicking. It was a very good match. A really good match. Mike Girl's always fantastic. Hurricane Helms, when you consider he's forty four, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um you know, he's still in excellent condition. Um and especially towards you know the middle and end of the match where he was obviously getting warmed up. Really, really good, really crisp, really mm. clini- uh, clinical. Um but yeah, so Marty walks away with the victory. It's the right decision in my opinion. Oh yeah. yeah. Um because obviously Martis is full time with Ring of Honor in New Japan and um the Hurricane is more of a part timer. Yeah. Um so definitely the definitely the right decision. Um, We then cut again straight to the main event. We have the briefest of brief recaps of Jay Lethal taking the Ring of Honor Championship of Dalton Castle and then, again, recapping his backstage promo from last week where he says he'll take on all comers. doesn't matter. He believes he's the best in the world and the title sort of is his vindication for saying that. Um, But that's it. It seemed to be spliced into the show for no apparent reason. Yeah. Um, If it was, you know, coming into a number one contendership match, then you sort of understand it. But it it seemed to have no bearing on the show. So I'm not entirely sure why that was in this episode. But there we are. Um, We then cut to tonight's main event, which was a triple threat six man tag match. This was incredible. Such a good match. It yeah. saw SoCalum censored, Frankie Kazarian, Christopher Daniels, and Scorpio Sky taking on Los nobles de Japon, uh, represented by Sonada, Evil, and Bushi, and the Hung Books. Adam, Hangman, Page, and then the Young Books. Wow. Is the <laughs> only way to describe this. This match was go from the very very start. This was ridiculously fast paced. So fast. It was hard to keep up at times. It was and for us us to review this match would be folly quite frankly. You know we're just going to list some of our favourite spots because this was a spot fest. Oh yeah totally. Um, There wasn't even really a storyline to this match. It was literally look at what shit we can do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um
0: Look you know, who we've got. Look look what we're going to do.
1: Yeah, look who we can bring in. Um, so Callum Uncensored didn't really get a reaction from the crowd. Which surprised me somewhat yeah. when I, you consider who's in that faction. I was laughing when Christopher Daniels dressed as like a general. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looks slightly like a Nazi general, but, you know, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll skate over that because he is Christopher Daniels and he's awesome. Um Losing and Nobles they Upon absolutely mental reception, especially when it was Evil who came out first, who yeah. I forgot how much I enjoyed Evil. I think he's such brilliant. a brilliant such a good entrance as well, such a good like
0: theme tune, everything about it.
1: Yeah, just everything about Evil. Do you know what I really love? And I know it's a really, really small thing. His Centaur I think is yeah. absolutely brilliant. Um I mean I'm really enjoying him in the G one climax as well, to be perfectly honest. Um but Sonada Absolutely incredible! Such a fantastic athlete, underrated possibly as the Ring of Honor commentary team said. Possibly New Japan's breakout star of two thousand and seventeen. Yeah, um, had some fantastic matches, especially that against Okada earlier this year, I believe. Um, I think it was in the yes, it was. It was early this year. It was New Beginning. Um, so you know, fantastic. Bushi huh, didn't really do a lot until the end. No, <laughs> was sort of a was sort of a non-entity until the very very end of the match. Yeah. Um, crowd went absolutely ballistic for Adam Page. Yep. And do you know what? Considering the man went to New Japan and either got no reaction at all, which is the worst reaction, or was just booed that man has done fantastically well. And do you know what? He was the MVP of this match, Adam Page. I was just
0: going to say that, yeah. He, he was he was by
1: far and away my favourite in this match. Yeah, he was fantastic. And then obviously you've got the Young Bucks, who are over no matter where they go. Yeah. I mean, where to start with this match, Garth? Well, um Kazarian and Page started, they went for it. Yeah, obviously they had a massive feud uh, during last year, which culminated in a strap match. Uh, I haven't seen it, but I've heard it was brutal. These two didn't wait for the bell. It was actually Christopher Daniels and Sonada in the ring
0: uh, to start
1: the match. Page and Kaz weren't bothered about that, just ran into the ring, started beating the hell out of each other. A really, really good spot for me was where... Uh, the teams of the Hung Bucks and SoCal Uncensored attempted to drop elbows on each other and all yeah. six men missed the win. elbows and then all attempted a drop kick at the <laughs> same time and then missed whilst LIJ will literally stood in the corners going what the hell is going on here seriously what the hell is this um, we then got just, just little things and these might not necessarily be in order but just things like sonada going into a, a moonsault, landing and hitting matt jackson with the um, skull end yeah, you know and just then, everything was so seamless it was beautiful
0: like picking up um you pick up evil and just slam him on top of something no, or um they picked up one of the young books and slammed him on top of um hangman page yeah, yeah. and then um Evil came and did his Centaur.
1: Oh, Evil Centaur is absolutely amazing. The best Centaur. Um you'd then got just everything on the outside. You'd got Adam Page doing moon salts and shooting star presses. You'd got super kick parties. You'd got Boosie... doing
0: that um crazy sort of spinning corner power bomb thing.
1: Yeah, which was amazing taking someone off it was like in the WWE there's this whole build up to a sort of tower super, a uh, tower power bomb in the um, in the corner, yeah. where you know he picks someone up off the corner and then power bombs him. Here there was no build up; it was just literally rock. just run into the corner, off the ropes, power bombed him. It was incredible, it was so quick. But then Bushi did something similar straight after. Yeah, it was just <laughs> amazing. It Really, really was. You got just innovation from the young bucks, repeated innovation, which I do. And I've said this before on other reviews. I feel so sorry for commentary teams who have to commentate on Young Bucks matches because they've got to call the moves when I'm 99% sure the Young Bucks don't know what they're called. No, they, they just don't even do know what, what looks doing. cool. Yeah. They just yeah. do what looks cool because they are one of, to be honest, probably the best tag team in the world. I don't probably, think there's yeah. I don't think there's anyone that touches them, if I'm perfectly honest. Um, just for innovation, had the, the way they have the had crown, that, the palm of the hands.
0: That's it. You had them sort of doing moves together. You had sort of where <clears throat> like Matt Jackson helped um, his brother along the ropes and he just dove out on top of everybody. Yeah.
1: It was um, it, honestly, it was such a fantastic match and our review and then, will not do it justice. Then you had um,
0: Adam Page coming in and just clean up the ring.
1: Yeah. Just his little his flip over the top ropes into that amazing clothesline. Drop
0: salt kick he did where
1: he kicked, I think was it Bushy out of
0: the ring and flipped back onto Sonata. Yeah. Who was on the floor.
1: It was <laughs> like fantastic. Drop, yeah. Drop salt. It was amazing. It really, really then, was um,
0: amazing. Even sc- sort of Scorpio had a couple of good moves. Um, He'd like a
1: twisting cutter over the rope. There was a moment where all three members of SoCal Uncensored went over the top rope at the same time. <laughs> which was incredible. And then the Young Bucks and Adam Page did something similar. There's
0: um, the um, Japanese Destroyer as well by Bushi.
1: Yeah, which looked incredible. you got the assisted last right from Adam Page and the Young Bucks, yeah. um, which I believe, who kicked out of it? Was it Christopher Daniels? Or was it um, Frankie Kazarian? It was... Do you know we it not? Oh, come I No, it was Sonada. And then, I mean, before that, like, you had the the mist as well, the green mist into the ref. Yeah, which sort of played into the end of this match, didn't it? Yeah. Um, Bushi spat green mist, aiming for Frankie Kazarian. Frankie Kazarian ducked, and it hit the referee in the face. Bushi then took a move um, from Daniels and Kazarian. Daniels pinned him. And the referee, obviously, is still blinded by the green mist. So Frankie <laughs> Kazarian has got his hand and is doing the three count with his hand. But before he can get to three, Bushy kicks out. What made me laugh was um, Christopher Daniels saying to Frankie Kazarian, why didn't you just count three? Like he count. can't see. <laughs> what are you doing? And the, I think it was Colt Cabana said, that's the most honest thing that Frankie Kazarian has yeah, ever the done. Um, there was a crazy, um,
0: like a superplex... Like outside? Outside,
1: well. yeah. Which looked like it hurt a lot. Um, Unfortunately, and it played into the storyline perfectly, but I, just, I didn't want this match to end, because I genuinely could have watched this match for hours. It was just such yeah. good fun. Uh, the Briscoes interfered uh, in retaliation for what we talked about last week with SoCal Uncensored. Um, they hit Christopher Daniels with a chair, which meant that Bushi could hit the MX for the pin. Therefore, LIJ came out of this match as the winners. Um <laughs> overall Garth, a really, really good show. A really Brilliant. good showing for Ring of Honor. Yeah. Um just just really really good wrestling. Yeah. Absolutely really good wrestling. There was there I mean, was no convoluted storylines. Yeah,
0: there's not really much story. There was enough enough told in the ring.
1: Yeah. To sort of move it on, yeah. But honestly, as you know, to excluding pay-per-views. Um, that main event is possibly one of my TV matches of the year, without a shadow yeah, of a doubt. Definitely, yeah. That's better than even anything even WWE have produced this entire year, <laughs> without a shadow of a doubt. Probably up there, yeah. Um, we'll move on to Impact Wrestling's um show from the 2nd of August. Now... This is coming off the back of the Slammiversary aftermath of last week, so a lot of storylines are sort of being brought forward. But I felt like there's still there's still more to be done as we head towards Bound for Glory. There's still a few more storylines to go, especially if the storyline of Austin Aries and Eddie Edwards. If that's, I don't imagine for a minute that that is going to be over after this match next week.
0: No way. No. Something's gonna happen.
1: Yeah. Something's gonna happen. Yeah. Absolutely. There'll be something between Ali and Tessa Blanchard, I imagine that they will fight again. Yeah. Um the Desi Hit Squad, I imagine that they are going to fight again. We'll talk about them later, but I am not entirely sold on them. And I have spoken to you about this before. I've you know how I've said that basically I'm just I'm I'm not invested in them as a tag team. Yeah. I, I don't find them they're okay in the ring but whenever i've heard them talk or whenever i've heard a promo from them i'm just i'm not bothered i think that's why they've brought in Gamma singh potentially potentially and there's an you know there's a nice bit of character work um at the end of this show which hopefully will play into me more not necessarily being invested in them but enjoying them slightly more yeah um but before we Get into that. We get into the first match of the night. We cut straight to the first match: Sue Young and the Undead Maid of Honor taking on Ali and Kira Hogan. Ali last week said that she was feeling guilty uh, after what happened to Madison Rain. Again, we, me and Garth are slightly confused as to why she felt guilty. You know, they both had matches. It's not Ali's fault that Madison Rain lost. Um, but Kira Hogan, Ali's friend, decided that she was also going to help out in this tag match against Sue Young and the Undead Maid of Honour. And it was a decent match. You know, it was a decent tag team match. Um, it was all right. Kira yeah. Hogan yeah, I mean, took a lot of the punishment. A lot of the punishment. I really, really, really like Sue Young and I like love her entrance. Her entrance is fantastic. Sue Young's character is just... unlike anything I've ever seen in oh, wrestling. That's what I mean. Like, yeah, a whole demeanour, everything. And whoever the Undead Maid of Honour is, you know she was decent considering we have no idea who she is considering she had to keep
0: a straight face all the way through it
1: yeah Um, like a
0: go on like a sort of dead face like well a deadpan face
1: yeah I feel though, no matter how good Kira Hogan's selling was, no matter how good, you know, or how surprisingly good the Undead Maid of Honor was, it was very much they were playing second fiddle to the main storyline, which was Ali and Sue Young. Yeah. Ali I'm, ran wild in this match. I'm not, I don't know, I'm not,
0: I just don't feel it with Ali or that Kira Hogan. They just seem so very
1: sort of generic. I see but, Ali as just a Almost a Bailey character, so,
0: yeah, sort of. I mean, I don't, I don't know enough because I haven't really seen much of her past stuff, so I can't. I don't know the history she has with Soo Young. I don't know how. I know obviously what she did, but I don't know the sort of how brutal it was, how deep it was, etc.
1: So basically, from what I've heard, Soo Young. Uh, had a feud with Rosemary, put Rosemary in a coffin, set fire to the coffin, you know, in quotation marks, killed Rosemary. Um, And then Ali said that she was going to fight for Rosemary's honour and lost, not only lost, but lost the Knockouts title to Sue Young. Um, So I imagine this is all building to a one-on-one rematch for Ali to get to the Knockouts title. What I can't believe in this match is how little... Offense again, and I feel like I'm repeating myself. How little offense Sue Young got in, considering she is the knockout champion compared to Ali.
0: Ali yeah,
1: in that yeah in the last in sort of the lead up to the finishing sequence, Sue Young had to counter a code breaker. Ali hit her with a world's best super kick, which she just managed to kick out at two because of the undead Maid of Honor. Yeah, and then Sue Young is then hit with. A co-breaker, which leads to the finish because Ali pins her after that for a three count, which surprised me. Um, if you have got a character such as Su Young, surely you want to build her as like strong as possible.
0: Yeah,
1: I I just I don't know. Like
0: the match is okay. I just thought that um like Ali was quite sloppy. Um. She missed quite a lot of her moves. Yeah, and I mean, even that first code breaker that looked like it had been blocked, but I don't know if it was
1: <laughs> or if she just didn't get
0: all of it. Yeah, um, and like you say, it just seemed it seemed like that they hadn't really done that much damage to Young, but then that finish it just came out of nowhere and she was pinned. Yeah. I don't know. It's... It was. I mean, it was. It was. While I was watching it, I thought I quite enjoyed it. But then when I was f- sort of finishing the notes and thinking about it, I was like, actually, that didn't make sense.
1: <laughs> actually, I'm not happy with the end of that yeah. match. <laughs> I don't um... want to talk about this match. <laughs> <laughs> you wait till the podcast. Um, I think this was, you know, there's two or three storylines coming out of this and one of them was um, improved greatly by Tessa Blanchard coming in afterwards yeah Um, uh, she just absolutely for a better word, (laughs) hooked yes, Ali yeah, she absolutely destroyed Ali with a DDT which looked really uncomfortable to get her into to start off with she just grabbed her and just dragged her Um, got her into the DDT laid her out and then walked off up the ramp basically saying I'm the best Um, Post-match, she has an interview and basically says that Ali, she says she's doing the right thing, but all she's doing is she's trying to get to the front of the queue to get another title shot. And Tessa basically says, you know, I know I'm horrible, but at least I'm honest about it. And, you know, I've been winning. I should be the next one with a title shot. And she's right. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Ali's lost, you know, then Ali lost to Tessa Blanchard. So, in what way should Ali then be rewarded with a title shot? (laughs) Which, you know, she's absolutely spot on by saying it. So, possibly a triple threat at some point. Possibly. I mean, (sighs) I don't think you can have Tessa Blanchard losing a title match at this point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because do so, so you think she'll be she'll face off against Ali for a number one contender or something maybe?
1: Either that or what you said before a triple threat at Bound for Glory, yeah. um, which I wouldn't be opposed to. I think it'd be good. I think it'd be very good. I think if it is a triple threat, I think it'll be Ali that takes the pin mm-hmm. because I feel like Ali is one of those characters that can afford to take the pin and take the pin and take the pin, and it won't damage a character too much, because she's just a, you know, oh, golly gosh, sort of face. So, you know, anyway, we'll see what happens. That's what happened in today's show. We're we're merely speculating. Um, Next, we are treated to the OGs in Homicide (laughs) and Hernandez, taking on two jobbers who I genuinely didn't realise were in the ring until the start of the match. (laughs) <laughs> they were just stood in the corner, sort of huddled yeah. together like penguins. I didn't even realise you were there. Um, the OGs are still in ta- possession of the ta- uh, tag team title belts, which aren't theirs. Um, mm. This match lasts about 30 seconds yeah. uh, before Homicide and Hernandez get the pinfall. Complete squash match. Absolutely nothing to talk about from this match. It's more what happened afterwards.
0: It's just It's just a way of getting them in the ring, isn't it? Absolutely. And I suppose it, it it's better than having them just be standing there in the ring.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. absolutely. You yeah. you also, you know, the OGs, you cannot forget, the OGs lost at Slammiversary, but you are still wanting them to look strong. Yeah. So, you know, they've done that. I'm not saying it was the wrong thing to do with the squash match. I'm just saying it's a squash match. There's nothing yeah. more I can say. Nothing. Um, King takes to the ring, takes to the microphone, says basically that... We're the kings of the streets now, and LAX is dead. Um, At this point, LAX arrive. They have the biggest brawl, and Ortiz takes things way too far (laughs) by getting an axe out. An an actual axe. I was laughing at that. (laughs) It was like... I saw it in the ring. I was like, that's a bloody axe. (laughs) And then he went to hit him with it. I was like, no. Well, luckily, security arrived, um, they got an ass, an absolute ass kicking as well from LAX. Um, Conan eventually has to calm Ortiz down and calm Santana down before escorting them sort of to the ring to the back. Uh, the OGs scamper away back through the LAX clubhouse. Um, we get backstage and because it is interesting, I thought to myself, well, why is Conan saying, no, don't attack them? Surely you want to attack them. Why would you not want to attack them? Um, but you know he's very very sort of secretive about why not he just says that it was a trap and that he knows the game of the OGs yeah. you know they need to hit and run basically they need to just attack and then go without basically letting anger take over yeah. and you know Santana and Ortiz understand that they're not happy about it but they understand it and you know they get pumped and say let's get those motherfuckers and <laughs> you know you genuinely believe that when LAX and the OGs meet again again we assume bound for glory when those two meet again it's going to be an absolute bloodbath yeah uh, think this but turned up it's
0: gonna be it's gonna be like a no rules sort of oh god yes
1: oh god yeah oh god another
0: yeah. street fight or something
1: um, we then got to our um, sort of classic match for the night, uh, which was from 2006. And <laughs> saw Jushin Thunder Liger, clad in black, uh, taking on Petey Williams. Uh, we're not going to review it. Uh, if you want to yeah. go and see it, it's on the Global Wrestling Network. It was a decent match. Um, right. My favourite bit of this match was seeing Haruki Goto uh,
0: yeah.
1: helping out Jushin <laughs> Thunder Liger, but without his trademark moustache and beard, he looked so fresh-faced. Tanaka was there as well. Yeah, they were just so cute. It was it was nice. Um, Juice and Liger wins after interference from Goto with a Liger bomb. Uh, takes the win over Peter Williams. Decent match. Um, but obviously, again, you need to fill time, I suppose. Um, we then get um, our first... Proper backstage promo with Sammy Callahan ranting about fans <laughs> take, taking the piss out of his head, um. But says that tonight things will get personal, which made me laugh because I was like, if things weren't personal before, yeah, why why are they now even more personal? Everything um, with him is personal. <laughs> that is true. He's a very very touchy bloke, isn't he? Um. But says that you know the Chris brothers will, and I quote, end the Lucha Brothers. Um, which will take us to our main event later in the night. Um, anything Simon Callahan does at the moment turns to gold. I absolutely love him. On the microphone, yeah. he's brilliant. In the ring, he's brilliant. His facial expressions are brilliant. He's just a charismatic bloke. He, just, he reminds us of like a like a super intense version of Raven. Yeah, I can see him as sort of a, an heir to the Raven throne, so to speak. Like
0: a sort of follow me type.
1: Yeah. Do you know what? That- no, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. He's I not... like it as well. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Like I say, when Sammy Callahan was in NXT as Solomon Crow, c- couldn't care less about the man. Yeah. And then obviously, once I heard that he'd um, sort of resurrected himself as Sammy Callahan, or I know that he's Jeremiah Crane in um, Lucha Underground. Again, I wasn't really bothered until I watched. Matches with him in and watched his facial expressions and watched his character work. And now can't get enough of the bloke. Really, really cannot. Um, this took us to a match between the Desi Hit Squad taking on KM and Falabar. This is sort of following one from last week where the Desi Hit Squad ran in on Taiji Shimori and PT Williams. Beat them down. And how we had a backstage segment between KM and Falabar about how Falabar needs to find his mean streak. Which, honestly, me and you have texted each other and said about how much we love Falabar because he just makes us laugh. The man stood in the middle of the ring slapping his own head saying, Bah, repeatedly. (laughs) If my girlfriend had have walked in and said, what are you doing? And she'd have seen me watching a man just in the middle of a ring. She already doesn't like wrestling. But she'd have seen a man in the middle of the ring slapping his own head saying, Bah, repeatedly over and over again. She just walked out, slumped her shoulders and walked out, <laughs> disappointed in me. And it's <laughs> depressing. It really, really is. But never mind, never mind. It was it was a good fun match and sort of um help stories along. Um, KM and Falibar were in complete control of this match. Yeah. Complete control of this match. My favourite part of this match was seeing Bar hit the steamroller. That was just so silly. Which is where, so which where Raju and Singh are sort of laid out on the floor, and Bar literally rolls over them. Uh, <laughs> KM then does it as well, which is like okay, I can't imagine that hurts. Like does a really good at um, all, like a cro- like a sort of flying crossbody. He does He does KM is pretty impressive. Yeah. As is Fala Bar. Um. KM attempts to hit a slam, but misses a slingshot splash. Um, He argues with Barr, and this is the main point of the match. Um, He argues with Barr because Barr is supposed to distract the referee, Um, (laughs) but he distracts him at the wrong point, meaning that the Desi Hit squad hits a double team on KM to pick up the win. Um, And Falabar and KM... You know, you see them looking very disconsolate afterwards. Whereas the Desi Hit Squad, <clears throat> you know, they are very like, yes, we won, you know, we are the best tag team in the world. I, just, I don't feel it with the Desi Hit Squad. I felt more for Fallabar and KM, bearing in mind that they are a comedy tag team who are, you know, are going to get absolutely nothing. Let's be perfectly honest. I felt more for them than I did over Desi Hit Squad, who I feel that impact wrestling are going to push.
0: Yeah, definitely. Cause they've got that I don't know, do they still actually do
1: the whole Indian promotion? Um yes, they went to India because Sanjay Dutt um got the X Division Championship while they were out there. Which, you know, you know, exactly the same as WWE before they go to India, put the tap championship on Jinder Mahal, that sort yeah. of thing. Um, I don't know how much of a success it was, but you know, I suppose they could be attempting to prime Desi Hit Squad to be the next thing. Though, you know, if he's if they're heels, I don't really understand no. how that would work. But then again, the Mahal was a heel, so.
0: But then again, they've got. And I've said it before they've got Gamma Singh, who was like a
1: superstar there. Yet they could be using sort of the cheap. You know, like I'm loath to say cheap, but the cheap pop of having Garma sing there it was like when the authors hate comparing Impact and WWE but because I've watched so little Impact you know the only thing I can say you know I can use is WWE as a reference point is when the authors of Pain came and nobody knew who they were putting them with Paul Ellering who was such a storied manager obviously having managed the Legion of Doom or the Road Warriors then you know it sort of adds a level of um, legitimacy to them, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering if that's what they're doing with garmacy I think
0: that's, I think they're using him to sort of let people because he's sort of the spokesperson. Yeah. So I wonder if they're keeping them away from the mic, letting
1: him do more of the, the sort because of, he introduces them and he does more of the backstage stuff as well. Yeah, potentially, potentially, and obviously there's a little bit of a backstage segment which we'll get into in a minute. Um, we cut backstage where Anthony Corelli is preparing his protege, Dustin Cameron, for his championship match with Austin Aries, which I'm loath to say it is the most predictable outcome of a match, but it is the most predictable outcome of a yeah. match, isn't it? Let's be perfectly honest. It's it's, it's still <laughs> a fun match. It's, don't get me wrong, it is still, you know, it's still a really good match. The character development in Austin Aries and also in um in Anthony Corelli. Yeah. It's really good. I really enjoyed the exchange between them, but this was never going to end in anything more than an Austin Aries retention. Oh yeah. Go Can on. you imagine the uproar if Dustin Cameron had taken the championship of Austin Aries? <laughs> Jesus Christ, just beating Moose. You know, the crowd favourite moose And next week it's Eddie Edwards versus Dustin Cameron. Yeah, it just wouldn't have worked, would it? Um, We got to uh, an interview with Johnny Impact. Alicia's interviewing Johnny Impact. Uh, He says, before he can concentrate on anything else, he wants Congo. Kong. Um, You know, ever since he's come back, he says he can't find Congo. Kong. He can't find Jimmy Jacobs. He wonders why that is. As he says, this Jimmy Jacobs arrives, talks some bullshit to him, and Impact (laughs) lays him out. and Impact says he wants Congo Kong and he will not ask again. Decent decent little backstage thing. Yeah. I don't know whether Congo Kong versus Impact is actually going to happen because obviously Johnny Impact now has an injury. I believe yeah. he's dislocated his elbow. So whether this was actually taped beforehand and hopefully we'll get our match either next week or the week after... Or whether we are going to have to wait a little bit longer, which means that Impact's, you know, um, impending world championship challenge is going to have to be pushed back as well. Uh, I hope not, and I hope we are going to see Johnny Impact before Bound for Glory. I'll be very disappointed if we don't.
0: Yeah, unless they just keep keep him on the show, just on backstage stuff.
1: Potentially, potentially. Or whether they have an angle where Congo Kong in inverted commas again, Congo Kong is the one who gives him the dislocated elbow. You yeah, know, work cool. it even more into the storyline. Mm-hmm. After considering the put him on the shelf last time. Yeah, exactly. I think it'd be a nice sort of story beat. And um, we then cut to the actual match, the actual Impact Championship match <laughs> between Austin Aries and Dustin Cameron. Austin Aries is an absolute godsend. He swaggers out to the ring. He's in street so clothes. Good. He's eating a banana. It's amazing. Just literally not... Just takes the piss... Out of Dustin Cameron the entire match. I mean, they start by shaking hands and Aries is all like, Oh, well done, mate, you're in with this opportunity. Well done. Then wrestle circles around him for the first <laughs> twenty seconds, which is brilliant. Just claps at him like, Oh, well done, like, mate. Slats him on the back and exactly. stands
0: on him and walks over
1: him. <laughs> and then just stands to um talks to Anthony Corelli and says, Is this your is this the best person that you've got? Seriously. This man is going to challenge me, is he? And as he turns around, Cameron is standing up and is behind him, gives him a massive shove, a shove, shove even, pushes him. Um, Cameron, to be fair, Cameron looks fairly decent in this match. I know he doesn't get a lot of offence in, but he sells well. And what offence he does deliver, he delivers relatively cleanly, hits a couple of arm drags. Um, This, of course, absolutely enrages Austin Aries, (laughs) who hits a rolling forearm and a brain buster. Well, instead of covering him for three, um, he pulls up after two, picks Cameron up by his hair, points him at um, Anthony Corelli, and then hits him with another brain buster. <laughs> and then Corelli, seemingly with no other option, tosses him the towel. Um, so Austin Aries retains. Austin Aries, seemingly not avenged, Locks in the last chancery, uh, despite having already won. But Corelli makes a save. Uh, they argue, and Corelli punts him in the penis. and the pulse. <laughs> absolutely wails on him as well. Does, holds absolutely nothing back. Proper goes for him. And um, Ares' face is just absolute dynamite. Ares is brilliant. And then as he's staggering back up the ring, you know, a look of absolute... <laughs> Just horror on his face, having been treated in this way. Who should arrive behind him? But Eddie Edwards, and Eddie Edwards absolutely belts him in the stomach as he turns round with a kendo stick. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, to be honest, they've done as much as they could do, story beat-wise, as they possibly could do with this squash match, which is what effectively what it was. Um, oh, for fuck's sake. We then had um, another segment with Scarlet Bordeaux. (laughs) And this was... I sort of accepted it last week when it was her debut. Do you know what? Fine. You know, it's a debut. She's laying out her five-point plan for what she's got in mind for the knockouts of impact. What the fuck was this? Honestly,
0: I... I I was watching it and I just kept thinking
1: back to 1990s Attitude Era, WWE. It's Sable. It's what it uh-huh. is. Um, Bob Kapoor, I believe, delivers the interview and he delivers the most awful acting performance I've ever seen. He attempts <laughs> to sort of disclose that he's smitten with Scarlett Bordeaux, so attempts in the worst performance I've ever seen to tr- to sort of trip over his words. When she asks him what his name is, he goes ba 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 which no one does. No <laughs> one does if they're smitten with someone. I'm sorry, unless you actually have, you know, some manner of affliction. And so she flirts, attempts to make it worse, she then takes the microphone off him, tells him to go away, thank God, and says that in you know, she's in a world of threes and fours, and she's a ten, but she will not be hot shamed. <laughs> What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> and then she says the smoke show is here to make wrestling sexy again. I'm sorry, but I don't want to see Tommy Dreamer in a thong, or whatever that is supposed to mean, <laughs> or Eddie Edwards versus Austin Aries in a bra and panties match. It was just, it was all just so awkward and forced. Oh, it was shite. This was so I mean, much worse than last week. It it looked like even she was sort of cringing. Well, good, good, but next week we have her actual in-ring debut, so hopefully she can at least because Sable, you know, she was all of what Scarlet Bordeaux is, but she was shit in the ring. So hopefully Scarlet Bordeaux is at least decent in the ring. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, we then have another backstage segment where we've got Grado, Hendry, and Catarina. Christi- uh, I apologise, um, are backstage. They're talking about the gift that Eli Drake gave them last week. I thought this was really funny. Grado <laughs> goes to Eli Drake and says, that gift was crap. We're going to take <laughs> you on now. Um, or we would do if you could find a friend. But you haven't got any friends, have you? So Eli Drake just goes, wait there a minute. Turn around, grabs Trevor Lee from the back and just goes, you, you tag in with me. Let's go. So we've then got an impromptu tag match between Eli Drake and Trevor Lee taking on Grado and Joe Hendry.
0: I just love how Grado goes to Eli Drake. You've got no
1: pals because you've got heat with the boys, yeah. <laughs> which is true. It's just so good. <laughs> it's the. It's not much of a match at all. No. In fact, yeah. Um, Drake hits Grado with the gravy train and wins, basically. Trevor Lee gets absolutely no offense in. In fact, I don't think he even comes into the match. Um, I think the only real story beat here is that Caleb Conley, who has come down with Trevor Lee, um, takes Joe Hendry off the ring apron whilst Grado is attempting a hot tag. Yeah. Um, Katarina goes for J- Caleb Conley, but um, Joe Hendry has to hold her back. Um, while that's all happening, obviously, Drake hits Grado and they win. Um and then there's a little bit of discontent between Grado and Hendry after the yeah, match.
0: Drake's Drake sort of pointing at them saying, look what happened, look what they've done.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I imagine this is ultimately leading to a feud between Grado and Hendry. Which, yeah. don't get me wrong, I'm really, really into. I just I hope we get there sooner rather than later. I want to see more. I don't understand why they're not doing more with Eli Drake. No, considering he's an ex-Impact champion recently and as well. He is actually really good. He's very good in the ring. Very, very good in the ring. But I will say this, that he came to the ring and there was no reaction for him at all. Yeah. Which is a shame, um, whether it's just because of the place they were in or whether it's because, you know, his sheen has worn off in the, you know, in the, or oh, because it's taped and it was just late on. I don't know. But I didn't find any notable crowd reaction when he came down to the ring Um, we then have a couple of backstage segments Desi Hit Squad are celebrating their victory them saying they're the best tag team in the world after (laughs) winning effectively by fluke against KM and Falabar Gamma Singh arrives slaps them both gets angry with them then walks off so the two look quite hurt by this Gamma Singh arrives again slaps them both again and walks off just, okay <laughs> <The last class. laughs> okay um i just i think gamma sings brilliant um yeah but we'll uh we'll see what happens with the desi hit squad we've then got a video package saying about how good brian cage is um which you know fair enough we then get matt sidell uh backstage saying that cage yeah, fair enough he's beaten me twice i can't argue he's the undisputed x division champion Um, Cage gave him a lesson now that lesson he is thankful for because it means he's got to question himself even deeper there are more things that he's got to sort of question there are things that he's got to look at deeper inside himself he's got to open his third Y even wider if that's possible (laughs) Garth Um, and what that means is we know now is that he'll be taking on Pentagon next week which that's going to be a cracking match yeah. That's going to be, if they give that time to breathe that's going to be an absolutely fantastic match. Really really good yeah. match. Um we then go on to our main event which is the Lucha Brothers of Pentagon Jr and Phoenix taking on OVE the Chris Brothers Jake and Dave. I will correct something we said last week. Jake is the youngest one, the one with the blonde floppy hair. Right. Um <laughs> But this was a really, really good match. It
0: was. Yeah. Um, the Lucha really Brothers good.
1: don't wait for the bell. Uh, Phoenix runs, Pentagon lifts him over the top rope to hit uh, both Chris Brothers with a drop kick, which I thought was a really nice start to the match. Yeah, really good stuff. Um, similar to the main event of Ring of Honor, this was spot, spot, spot. What surprised me though was that Ove dominated a lot of this match. Yeah especially
0: I mean they did that big dive outside and that seemed to sort of take Pentagon out
1: yeah it did it did Um, there was a lovely moment where they tied both their masks together because again and this really irritated me it was the one thing that irritated me in this match stop messing with the masks oh my god um, so basically, they kept trying to rip off Phoenix's mask. They couldn't do yeah. it, so they ended up tying the masks together in the middle of the ring and then standing just out of reach of them. So whenever one of them moved, it dragged the other one, which I thought was quite funny. <laughs> um, but I am with Jake Christ on this. Why did the ref untie them? I know. Why I was don't it done either? It was just—it was ridiculous.
0: Um... And then in the end, it took one of the uh, Chris brothers to. Break it. <laughs>
1: yeah, it did. The ref the, had done like a terrible job and Dave Christ had to go, oh shit, they're still together, and just had to literally yeah. just rip it as opposed to Slabbing. untying it. Um, This then led into Jake Christ. W- go on.
0: Wicked slaps
1: from Pentagon. Oh, yeah. He unzipped Dave Christ, slapped him across the chest, <sighs> again. That looked like it hurt. Yeah. Pentagon slaps constantly hurt. Now, Note that Pentagon unzipped Dave Crist's jacket before he slapped his chest. Yeah. Dave Crist, later on in the match, delivered the same slaps or the same chops to Pentagon, but Pentagon had his jacket together, or had yeah. his body armour on. How the fuck is that fair? <laughs> he wouldn't have felt a bloody thing through that. <laughs> um. There was a lovely moment where Jake Crist has got... I think it was Phoenix uh, in a tombstone, and uh, Dave Christ hits a double, uh, double, like a double stomp onto it. Yeah. Uh, for a near fall, um, a lot of super kicks going from uh, Ove. Again, they dominated the lot until pretty much the finishing sequence of this match. Um, their finisher looks bloody painful to take. Um, <laughs> Eventually, the Lucha brothers made their comeback. Um, they hit Dave Christ with um, Pentagon, gets him up into a fear factor, and then Phoenix jumps from the top rope and it sort of aids him with a double stomp. Kicks it. Yeah. Um, Jake makes the save, um, but Phoenix then takes Jake out with a double stomp and then flies over the top rope, takes him out with a plancher. Uh, then they get Dave again, hit him with the exact same move again, this time. For the victory um, to be perfectly honest I thought the wrong team won here now the reason <clears> I <throat> think that is because if you want to build momentum and proper heels to be reckoned with out of an OVE you can't have them thwarted at every single opportunity and every single yeah. opportunity so far or at least recently Pentagon and Phoenix or Pentagon especially seem to have gained the upper hand.
0: Yeah. Now I think that go I think maybe the only reason the they haven't had Ove win is because if they had, Callahan probably would have went for the masks.
1: Potentially, potentially. Um, whether this will lead on into next week, obviously we've said that Pentagon is taking on Matt Seidel next. Um, on the next impact showing whether Spongous OVE minions. Yeah, whether OVE and Sammy Callahan make an appearance, I don't know. I imagine they probably will. One last thing though before we faded to black on Impact this week. Um Killer Cross got a promo, decent promo. Um and he gave out one of his crosses, and we fade down, and we see that Anthony Corelli is laid out backstage. And that was it for Impact. Yep. overall a really good show thoroughly yeah. enjoyable show good um show. really really good main event yeah really good main event i feel anything with pentagon and phoenix i love the Chris brothers sammy callahan i've already gushed about sammy callahan in this podcast mm. um i think both you know sets of teams are really really good and i feel that both of them are going to be really really good going forward in impact
0: i wonder if um thinking about it because obviously pentagon is up against Matt Seidel Sidell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder if there's gonna be some sort of interference from OVE. Matt Sidal will help Pentagon and they'll end up in
1: some sort of six man. Um potentially. I'm still not sure whether Matt Seidel is supposed to be a heel or a face or whether he's a tweener.
0: I think he's just I think he's sort of in the middle, isn't
1: he? Yeah. Um depends what his third eye tells him, Garth. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of next week the match is announced for next week we have got Pentagon Junior taking on Matt Sidell. again I've already said about how good that match is going to be Yeah. Um, we have got the Desi Hit Squad taking on Ishimori and P.T. Williams mm-hmm. so yeah. I imagine that's going to be a good match mainly because I imagine Ishimori and Williams are going to carry them to a good match, but it will still be a good match. And then we have got Alicia Edwards returning to the ring against Tessa Blanchard, which is good. The more Tessa Blanchard I see, the more I'm happy with impact. Yeah, yeah, decent show, decent show. Um, And that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that was Ring of Honour 359 and the 2nd of August's showing of Impact Wrestling. We hope you enjoyed the shows. We hope you enjoyed watching. We hope you enjoyed listening to our review. Talk to us on Twitter at, at Podmania. You can talk to us on Facebook. Just search Podmania Podcast. You can look for us on YouTube or Instagram at the Real PodMania. In the meantime, if you fancy talking to me, you can talk to me on Twitter at, at RealRobGoodie. And you can find Garth at where? Where? <coughs> at drummer jackson. Okay, and we'll be back next Tuesday reviewing Impact and Ring of Honor. Chris will be back on Sunday reviewing um the last bit of the G1 climax before he reviews the final in a single special episode. Thank you so point, much for listening guys. Well, yeah, let's <laughs> and then you can finally sleep and wash <laughs> and eat, which will be Greatly appreciated by all. <laughs> <laughs> but in the meantime, guys, thank you so much for listening and we will talk to you guys again soon. Yeah, speak to you soon, guys.